Welcome to the Allendale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride. I am joined by a very special guest today. Uh, you've probably seen him on his television show or on the web or you name it. He's got a blog. This man is everywhere. I am talking to Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson today. Thank you for joining us, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me on, Greg. Pleasure to be with well, you. It's uh, you. As we were talking before we uh, started recording, you are pretty much everywhere. You've got the TV show, you've got the blog. The website has just blown up essentially in the last few years. So, uh, how did you how did you get into all this? Well, uh, I'm a slow motion business, Greg. So I actually got my start almost 30 years ago. It was November of 1989. Uh, my father, Jerry Peterson, a, a farm equipment dealer in the little uh, farming town, western central Minnesota, where I grew up, Benson. Um, I had just moved to Rochester. And my wife got a teaching job, and I was looking for an accounting job. That was my major in college. And Dad called up one day, and he said, hey, why don't you come home? I said, i got to show you. And so I, I didn't have a job, so I <laughs> drove home four hours to Benson. Uh, Dad slid across the lunch counter to me a book, and what it was was a book of auction prices. So I didn't actually start the business of compiling auction prices. There was a banker in Morris, Minnesota, 20 miles up the road, that in 1986 began uh, compiling just Minnesota auction prices. And my dad, as a dealer, got a hold of this book. Of course, this is way before the internet, and he loved the book just for the, you know, the brutal reality of what every item sold for. Mm-hmm. And the guy at the bank, uh, he got a promotion, and he didn't have time to mess with us little business it wasn't i mean there were only a a few subscribers it was still just an idea basically but dad loved the book and he said you know you're 23 he said i I think you're an independent guy i think i know you pretty well and he was accurate and he said this is really good information he says i have no idea what you can do with it but i'm just telling you there's something here so you've always you've always been a numbers guy essentially oh totally i mean Uh, to to the extent where it's it's kind of a disease for me at doodling with numbers, but I was an accountant, mm-hmm. a major in college, and the numbers part of it is what I've always loved, no doubt. Beautiful. Now, were you uh, were you and Dad farming as well as as having the uh, the you know him having the implement business or or how did nope. you how did he get into nope. that? Well, it was a family deal for Dad. His dad had been a dealer in the Dust Bowl days up in Northwest North Dakota, and actually. Dad's grandpa was a blacksmith in 1920, and then he left the blacksmith business and got into the farm equipment business. So that's for family, it goes way back. And Dad didn't farm, um, so I didn't grow up on the farm. I sort of grew up uh, going down to the dealership as a kid, uh, helping out uh, any way I could, uh, just having fun running around the lot, basically taking inventory, writing serial numbers down. So yeah, that's that's sort of how my myself, my brothers, and my sister grew up. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, I, I do have a few questions for you. I mean, one of sure. the things that uh, we're we're thinking about here, uh, when we talk about uh, equipment, you know, the, everybody likes to talk about new paint, or they talk about. Uh, um, you know, hey, I was I was at this auction, or I was, you know, there's an estate sale going on, and and um, what are some of the trends that you're seeing nowadays? Because obviously, farm economy is kind of well up until the last month has been really kind of in the in the dumps. 
are you seeing that guys uh, or families are, are out there looking more for used equipment at some of these auctions? Like you were just talking about an auction uh, this morning and you know are you, or are are they still going to the uh, to the dealers and and trying to buy you know a newer piece of equipment or a new piece of equipment well great question greg uh try to answer it as best i can i i think actually farmers have been since very late 2017 since november of 17 they've been buying equipment on both fronts both increasingly from dealers and also very actively on the used market auctions being a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Now that might not seem to make sense given that, you know, times have been, we're in a stretched out period of difficult profit margins, if any profit margin. Um, but you have to pull back even further here and and look at the fact that when commodity prices fell in spring of 13, that was, we were right there at a point almost, Almost six years, five and a half, six years, where a record amount of new equipment had been bought because money was flowing through ag. And, of course, the aspect of equipment as a tax write-off incentive, uh, you know, tax policy wasn't done for that reason, but in ag country, that was a huge piece. There was an unprecedented amount of new iron sold. So when the faucet shut off on the money side, it became really easy for for a lot of people to go into a default position of okay I'm good uh, you know I've got a two year old combine a one year old planter my tractors are fresh I'm good well that's cool but you know at some point if you're going to keep farming you know what's the one truth we have now is you have to avoid downtime as spring mm-hmm. of 19 harvest of uh, 18 showed us clearly. So what's happened is even though folks maybe didn't want to go out and buy a new tractor or, you know, a new combine or planter, you had to. And so if you look at what's happened with new equipment sales all through the year 2018 and through the first quarter and a half of 19, sales of new tractors, whatever horsepower size, and sales of new combines were up year over year. Boy, that really sounds counterintuitive to the way that we've seen well, things. But I get, I understand where we're going with that. Um, boy, it just, I mean, it just seems like, you know, we're, we're down in the dumps. And like you said, we haven't seen profitability uh, where it's been in, in years. So, uh, but uh, I mean, it, it makes sense because you can't be running, you know, dilapidated equipment. You need right. to keep up with things. I mean, and well, that's probably something you've seen over the last few years too, is, is, you know, the shift in technology as part of this as well, right? Well, it totally, you know, I, I highlighted what's happened on the new equipment side, new tractors and combines. And on the U side, you know, these auction prices we cover, again, since late 17, we've noticed increased buyer demand in two specific areas. Um, yeah, it has to be good condition. I mean, that's number one. It has to be good condition. But then the stuff that's under warranty, the one to three-year-old stuff, if it's under warranty, that has like a, a beacon that shouts out to people, ooh, I'll buy this two-year-old tractor, and if something goes wrong with it, I won't have that big repair bill. I so you. there's strong prices there. And also when you get out to 8, 10, 12 years old, old and older, if it's nice, incredible buyer demand there, even in this tough egg economy. Mm-hmm. And the reason there, you know, you say, well, why does a 12-year-old tractor or combine, why is that 
holding or going up. Well, it's completely tied to the cost of a new one, which right. continues to go up 4% a year. So it makes finding the nicest, you know, eight, 10 year old ones, super attractive. And you get eight guys that want to buy it. So the price goes up. But if you, if you look at this whole thing, Greg, you know, it's interesting. I've been covering auctions 30 years and there's always chatter. You know, and now with social media every day, you can go out and, you know, any penny the sky is falling. And, and we certainly understand that attitude with all right. the challenges we've had, tariffs and low commodity prices. But what I've loved about the auction price data is chatter don't mean jack squat because we're going to put this tractor up for sale. Might be two years old with 200 hours, might be 13 years old with 8,000 hours. And what people think it's worth is cool, but it doesn't matter. It's boom. It's sold for this on this day in this area. Right. And what we do, we take all that together and we compare it and then we comment on, was that up? Is it down? It's, it's kind of fascinating. Now, where, where are you getting your data? Are you kind of plugged in with all the major uh, auction uh, uh, outfits out there or how are you getting your data for your site? Yeah, we work with over 1,100 auction firms throughout U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. So, again, slow motion business here. But when I started 30 years ago and there was no Internet, no cell phones, I was just on the phone all, all day and all evening, actually, <laughs> calling auctioneers. So I would I used to get like 35 weekly ag papers okay. um, from all around the country. And I would get them to see, oh, here are the sales in Montana, here are the sales in Kentucky. And I'd clip out the sale bills and call the guy up and say, hey, Fred, See, had a sale on Tuesday. Uh, what this bring? What that bring? And the auctioneers are great. I mean, we've worked hard to try and promote their upcoming sales. Sure. So we, you know, they scratched our back. We scratched theirs. Um, so yeah, that's how we compile all the data. Oh, okay. So in outside of the 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 tractor uh, the tractor world, you know, in these auctions, are you starting to see? Um, is there is there becoming demand or is there something in demand like a piece of equipment that's not necessarily a tractor that's that's uh, that's seeing a lot more demand here recently than others? Uh, you know whether it's through an auction or through a dealer. Is there a one piece of equipment that is is everybody's really kind of looking for or looking for a deal on? Yeah, a couple couple things jump to mind, Greg. Uh, one would be basically anything with tracks on it. Combine, okay. tractors, skid steer, even planters. Obviously, with the extreme wet conditions over such a wide area last fall and this spring into summer, unfortunately, uh, you know, tracks are where it's at. So, a yeah, ton of interest there. And then one of the things is, as this just stretched out into year like six now of profit pressure, uh, retrofit planters have been in demand where you might see you know if it's an older planner 16 row 24 row and it's not retrofit it's like those are tough Mm -hmm. but if someone has put the money into it done just right for an area whether that's you know eastern north dakota up in the red river valley or southern michigan if it's right then the buyers will come out and they'll come out hard for that so those Mm -hmm. are a couple that jump to mind I gotcha. Okay. So now what I, uh, my dad, uh, uh, farmed for, for years and years and years and, uh, retired about, uh, Oh, I think it's been eight or 10 years ago when he did his, uh, his auction. Um, some, it was, it was impressive because 
you know, you get all the local farmers that, uh, that stop out and, and, you know, but there were, there were people from, you know, as far away as he was in Northern Illinois and Dixon and, and there were people from as far away as, uh, I think Cedar Rapids, Iowa had come out and, um, you know, they, they all kind of are tuned into it. One guy actually bought, uh, my dad's, uh, oh shoot, I don't remember which case it was, but, uh, and drove it all the way back to Iowa. Right. Uh, unbelievable to me that, you know, they, they, they didn't, you know, they kind of came out, they didn't set up a, a truck or anything like that. They just, you know, right. took it. And one yeah. of the things that I was, I was impressed with was there was a lot of, uh, a lot of demand and a lot of uh, really big interest in some of dad's older equipment, you know, whether it was a manure spreader or whether it was uh, a grain auger or, or whatever. But uh, um, you know, he had, he had like a, a Farmall uh, 560 and a, and a 450 that, that uh, went pretty well. And, and I mean, those are, those are not new tractors by any means. I and mean, we're talking what, uh, 40, 50 years old for, for some of these things. He had a, a 40, 20 that brought uh, uh, pretty decent money. Are you, are you seeing any of that where guys are still buying that kind of equipment because it's a workhorse and they don't really make that kind of stuff anymore. So, or maybe it's not made like that anymore where it just, it just works. Is yeah, that, totally is that agree. something that, or, or are they buying them so that they can kind of fix them up and show them? No, I would say it's more of the former, what you described, you know, there's a couple of ways to kind of try and storytell it. But I think the reality is that most people feel and understand is that, you know, that we certainly appreciate all the, you know, uh, development, modernization of our equipment today, uh, manufacturers with, you know, GPS and all the computerization data in the cab. Fantastic. And, of course, on the engine side, the manufacturers were dictated to. They had to come out with the Tier 4 engines. But what's happened is, is people long for a simpler machine. Mm-hmm. And that longing, that's kind of a human thing. You know, probably the same on the car side. If you grew up with a, whatever, a Ford F-150, 76 model, you always have a soft spot in your heart for it. Right. But now, with farm equipment, with the new stuff, combine or tractor plant, you have to factor in the cost of it which, again, has marched skyward. I mean, when I started 30 years ago compiling this data, if you had told me I would see a used combine sell for $360,000 with no heads, I thought you were nuts, but that's, that's <laughs> reality today. So right. what that does, again, it makes the 20, 30-year-old tractor combine that was more built to last is simpler. You don't have to hook it up to a computer to fix it get the big repair bills, it makes those more in demand. So that's why people will drive from, you know, an insane distance to come to your dad's sale. And yeah. now, you know, versus eight, 10 years ago, you said like when he had a sale now, now you factor in the online bidders. Right. And the fact that people don't blink an eye about buying a quarter million dollar piece of equipment, five states away sight unseen. Right. I got gotcha. you. Again, it, so the used market in that regard is always tied to the new market and the, the cost, ever rising cost of new equipment. It makes it, it creates built in demand for the nicest condition used stuff. I got gotcha. you. Now, with what you you've seen, you, I mean, you've seen hundreds of thousands of of pieces of equipment over the over the years come up for auction, go you know, and and get sold. What are some of the what are some of the cool things that you've seen? uh here that that just kind of blow your mind of oh wow 
that's boy, you don't see that very often. Uh, I'm sure you've got a ton of those that come to mind, but you know, share a couple of those with us and, and let us know what you what you're you know what you're seeing out there that uh, kind of would be like, whoa, that even I get excited about seeing that something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's amazing, Greg. You know, 30 years I've been doing this, and it's, it's literally daily. So, I mean, five minutes before I called in to visit with you on the podcast here, I just posted a blog. It was an auction today. We're recording this on the 18th of June. This was a sale, an online estate auction in Beardsley, Minnesota, up in the northwest part of the state. And on this auction, it's unbelievable, but it was a 1983 gender 80-20 combine. Never been to the field. It's got 15 hours on it. And that those hours were driving home from the dealership. And it's been shedded. And I wrote about this like a month ago when I first heard about it. And there's another combine on the same sale, a 1990 model John Deere 9600, 311 engine hours on it. <laughs> and the 8820 sold this morning for $75,500. Now, the wow. highest auction price I've seen on an 8820 the last 20 years without a head, on the older 8820s, not the Titan IIs, highest auction price was 25.5, and that was 20 years ago. Um, so to hit 75.5 today, but it was it was never used. It was a museum piece. So and there was oh, a rumor. Okay. There was a rumor from guys up in the Red River Valley up there that said years ago deer tried to buy it for 50k. And the really? family said, no, no thanks. And today, again, so, it brought 75.5. So, so they, bought, good they bought this thing. They bought this thing. They brought it home. And they had, was there the intention of not using it or just, you know, kind of, well, what is there? There's, there's got to be a backstory to that. Yeah. And this is the Paul Harvey part of what I do, whether it's <laughs> TV or radio. But you're right. There, there has to be, well, what's the rest of the story on that? I mean, why would anyone do that? Yeah. And most people, when we write about this stuff, the, the, the first human reaction as a farmer, you say, well, that's that's not true. They're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. It, does, it doesn't really have 15 engine hours on it. But 30 years doing this, what I found, and now, now again, I'm a numbers guy. I train as an accountant, not a psychologist. But as humans, we do weird things more <laughs> often than we think. Right. Now, the, the backstory on this deal, I talked to the listing agent with the Steffes Group, the auction company who had the sale, Scott Gillespie, uh, was telling me that the owner, I think Tony Zick was his name, had a bunch of businesses, very successful guy, uh, you know, all kinds of businesses. But Scott said at his heart, he liked to consider himself a farmer. Now, that can take different manifestations. For him, it was evolving around iron. And so he had three or four tractors on this auction, too, that hardly had any hours. He had a 1988 44-52-wheel drive, 1,462 hours. I brought 48.5 today, fourth highest two-wheel drive I've ever seen. So the combine, I don't know why he never used it, but he bought it and just held it. And again, hmm. I've seen this, not to this extent, but similar stories uh, we had one listing in our website, machinerepeat.com, last week I blogged about. We have a for sale by owner option, so you can list your stuff for sale. Sure. This guy in Missouri lists his 1993 John Deere 7800 two-wheel drive tractor for sale with 360 hours on it. 
And again, I post it, and then people say, just like you ask, well, what's the, what's the scoop? What's the story? Yeah. So I got a hold of the guy's son, and he said, well, you know, Pete, Dad bought this. A neighbor bought it new, and Dad bought it from the neighbor. The neighbor bought it, and then kind of was like, well, it's not quite the right size. He hardly put any hours on it. So this guy's dad bought it. His dad brings it home, and his dad had never bought a new tractor. Now, he bought, he bought it with one year old when he bought it, and he said he felt bad using it when he had <laughs> two or three other tractors that could do the same job, moving snow, you know, just a blow sure. or whatever. Yeah. And he just felt bad, for whatever reason, putting hours on it, so it sat in the shed. And he would kind of laugh and say, well, you know, that's my retirement. And he laughed when he said it, but there's truth in that because – you know, these tractors, you know, if you look back to like a 4020, uh, back in the, you know, late 60s, early 70s, guys mm-hmm. know that if you keep them, if you have one with low hours, they know it's, 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 it's gold. Yeah. Same with red, anything. So he laughed when he said, it's my retirement, but now he's got it for sale for 110,000 bucks. Holy cow. You know, and it's 26 years old with. 360 hours on it but people around the world look at that and they go hey that's the world's nicest john deere 7800 and they're right it's like new you got one shot to buy it here it is now that's not an auction but again if you want it we give you the phone number call them up and buy it (laughs) so it's uh and the thing with that is like the combine today the 8820 for 75.5 now a lot of people will read that or see the blog or the TV show, and they'll go, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And, you know, I can't say that they're wrong, but then other people will say, you know, that should have brought 100K. Right. Because that's, that's a museum piece, and they're not wrong either. The only thing you can't argue about is it brought 75.5 this morning. Right. So on a different day, it could have been 50, and a different, uh, and it, it could have been 100, and it's just today yep. was 75.5. Cool. Well, that's, I think that's the, that's the kind of uh, exciting type stuff that, you know, farmers get, uh, get geeked out over this kind of stuff. I mean, they, you know, they, they love Mm -hmm. the, they love the equipment. They, you know, they love to, to, to use the equipment, but uh, every once in a while you hear about something like that. It's like, Oh man, what if, what if I had one of those? Man, would I have, would I have let it sit? And not used right. it, and only had the 15 hours on it from when we brought it home. Right. You know that's kind of the, yeah, the, the like you said, the Paul Harvey type uh, type mentality of you know what's the rest of that story? Come on, there's got to well, be something to it. <laughs> but now, yeah. how, how much time do you actually spend? Because now you have you have the website, and you like you said, you know we're in the age of the internet. How much time do you actually spend going to different auctions to just kind of keep your you know keep your feet wet and and see how things are things how things are moving uh, out there well good question greg i mean I, there's an assumption out there that machinery pete you know gosh he's a he's at an auction every day and yeah. i'm not actually i'm harnessing technology and the fact that i've built relationships with 1100 auction companies over 30 years so plus the fact that i want to be home with my wife occasionally Sure. Uh, our kids are grown, but yeah, I, I'm just kind of sitting here monitoring. I feel like, like when I was a kid, back when there were five channels on TV, um, we used to, you know, on Sundays in the fall, you know, 
flick it on and watch the Vikings play or whatever. And they'd start the game, and at halftime, they'd go to CBS Control. And, you know, oh, here's the highlights of the game. This is way before ESPN. Mm-hmm. And you get the highlights. Well, that's sort of what I feel like I'm doing every day. Is I'm monitoring what's happening all over. And then whether it's I might have a kid out there with a cell phone getting a video for us, army of those kids, or talk to the auctioneer, or people send me information. And I, I parse through it and then try to put out sort of like the day's headlines. And Mm -hmm. it's not all record pricing. I mean, we've seen some record lows or trends, all kinds of different stuff. Sure. But then getting out to the sales, I mean, for our TV show, we do need to get out. Um, So we were just in Indiana recently and out in Nebraska last weekend. So I I get out a fair amount and it's a ton Mm -hmm. of fun. Now, is there is there any criteria where you have, you know, for when you're doing the show or, or you know, just when you 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 need to get out and, and are you looking at the at the bill of sale and saying, oh, you know, this is these are these are a couple of cool items. Uh, this would be fun to feature on this on the show. Or is it is it just uh, kind of random like, oh, well, we know we've got a couple of sh- uh, a couple of auctions uh, that are out in Indiana or a couple that are in in central Illinois that uh, we should we should be out to. Or how, how do you determine where you're where you're going to go next? Yeah, good question again, Greg. I mean, it's kind of a a feel thing with some general guidelines. So the biggest thing I want to show viewers is a mixture of equipment and geography. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it would be easy if we just focused all on late model auctions where it's all one and two-year-old stuff. And that's, you know, those are super important and very interesting. So we do hit those. And it's interesting to see what a two-year-old tractor combine, you know, over 200K, whatever. But then again, we also like the older stuff. So we might hit some just collector sales or even mm-hmm. some auctions where the condition of the equipment isn't that good. We sure. filmed one auction in North Dakota last year where the highest priced item was like 20,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. But there's always interesting stuff. And then geographically, <clears throat> I mean, what I want to do there is, is show people different areas. So when we filmed in our first season out in uh, Saranac Lake, New York, you know, I'd never been there before. I grew up in flatlands of western Minnesota. So it's like, well, what is it like around Mount, uh, you know, Lake Placid, New York? And what again, what if, how do farmers talk out there? What kind of equipment do they have? Sure. So and then you bounce into Texas or Arkansas or Oregon. So yeah, it's just great fun to hop around and look at the different equipment and and, yeah, uh, so I mean, you yeah. go to you go to somewhere where they where they're harvesting cotton, and you get to see different mm-hmm. di- different stuff than you ever saw when you were in the Midwest. And uh, right. yeah, I get it. Cool, exactly. Uh, very cool. Well, Greg, that's uh, that's all the time we've got for you. I I absolutely appreciate you coming on and and kind of sharing some of your knowledge. And uh, what we'd uh, what we'd like to do is is be able to invite you back, uh, you know, later on, and just kind of have a follow-up and kind of get to pick your brain a little bit sure. about uh, some of the things that you're seeing as far as trends. Cause I think that's a, that's important and uh, that our customers like to get an idea of, okay, here's what uh, uh, machinery Pete's seeing. And, and, you know, I'm kind of uh, in the, in the, in the market for a piece of equipment. And so how, how can our people, uh, our listeners uh, find you and, uh, and kind of get an idea of what, uh, what you're looking at and, and look at, uh, at your website. Yeah, the best way, Greg, is just you know, like the hub of everything I do is at machinerypeat.com. So if you go there, 
Um, there's different links on there. There's a link to the TV show. There's a link to videos. You can see the latest YouTube videos, blogs, latest daily blogs I put out. So you can keep up. And actually, we just added a new wrinkle. So when you go in to look at equipment listings for sale, this is from dealers all across the country, 110,000 pieces. When you click down to the page with all the pictures and info on it, we just added a link. So let's say you're looking at a case 8010 combine. Okay, well, there's a bunch for sale. You look at it, and then now we've added a link where you can see the last 10 auction prices on that item. Ah, so really better. keep you up to snuff kind of on the hard cash angle. So we're always adding new features to the website. But, but yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me. And otherwise, on out on social media, if you just type Machine Repeat into Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we'll, we'll pop up there too. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Greg. Thank you for being on with us. Uh, for anybody that uh, is looking for uh, Machine Repeat, it's machinerepeat.com. Uh, my number here at Allendale is 800-262-7538. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at Allendale underscore Inc. Or you can get a hold of us on the web at allendale-inc.com. Thank you.